Rusty Quill presents. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This is uh, entry 3115, titled A Corrosive Marriage, written and submitted to the exchange from a member going by the name Lightning Nations, recorded by Cole Weavers. Now, listen, I'm not saying I was the love child of George Clooney and Ryan Gosling or anything like that, but when you factored in my soft features and my career, there was no denying I was a serious catch. The problem is, looks meant everything to Hannah. Everything. See, I'd known since early on in our relationship she sought validation through her physical appearance. Personally, I blamed her parents. In our first year of dating, while we lay side by side on the beach swapping stories about our crappy childhoods, she told me her dad once refused to put up her school photos. When she asked why, he patted her on the head and said, Don't take it personally, honey. It's not your fault your acne is so disgusting. So you can understand where her toxic obsession sprung from. 
Not that I'm excusing what she did, just making the point that although her skin may have cleared up, those self-esteem issues most definitely did not. It's funny, in a grim sort of way. Because between her long golden curls and piercing brown eyes, you could count the number of times Hannah needed to buy her own drinks on just one hand. And her fixation with always being the center of tension could get a little corrosive. Like one time at a gala dinner, the senior partners at my firm practically started a battle royale craning to get a closer look at my Cesar Atolini suit, a new yacht master Rolex. The one with the bi-directional, rotatable bezel and black dial. Had Hannah stayed home that night, it probably would have gone unnoticed. I woke up the next morning only to find a fist-sized tear beneath the lapel of that dinner jacket along with two missing buttons. In the months following Atalini Gate, she insisted on attending every last cocktail party and charity ball. No matter how mundane, in the flashiest dress imaginable, her hair all done up, luscious and bouncy, with a glass of champagne in hand, she endlessly referred to herself as my trophy wife, or the winning lottery ticket that blew into my hand. Little by little, these snide remarks ate away at me. From the way she talked, you'd think she married a professional Shrek impersonator, so the next time she dropped it, don't you think you're punching above your weight with me, honey? Quip in front of polite company. I casually replied. Actually, I reckon we're about even looks-wise. As I polished off my whiskey, there was a long, awkward pause, interrupted only by one startled onlooker choking on a shrimp tartlet. To Hannah's credit, her temper didn't boil over until we got home. However, rather than explode because of the humiliation, she just endlessly ranted about how I'd placed us on equal footing physically. Thirty minutes of shouting, screaming and stomping around the house later with half the furniture sprawled across the floor or broken, she said, Fine. We're even. You're the window dressing and the main breadwinner in this relationship. Congratulations. With that, the bedroom door slammed shut behind her. Did I already know this encounter was headed to a bleak place? Absolutely. It was almost dawn, though, and I could feel Hannah's raw fury from the far end of the hall, so I spent the night in the guest room. Hopefully, I thought, a little rest would help dissolve that temper. The next morning, from across the breakfast counter, the beautiful woman stared right through me. Everything okay? I asked, my voice all meek. She finished her coffee, tossed the empty cup into the sink, and exited the room without a single word. Over the next few days, I'd catch her watching me whenever she thought I wasn't paying attention. While in the shower, the bathroom door would shiver open just a little. I'd quickly turn off the water and shout hello, only to be met with silence. In the middle of the night, floorboards would squeak and I'd catch a glimpse of a figure in the outside hall, but by the time I flicked on the bedside lamp and scrambled to my feet, the quiet house would be snoozing peacefully. Meanwhile, I refused to believe the obvious truth that I was terrified of my own wife. I mean, it sounded ridiculous, 
And if my buddies caught me tiptoeing past the master bedroom or jumping at my own reflection, they'd have said, Come on, you can bench 220, but you're terrified of your misses? Please. So rather than go stay at a hotel, I marched into our room one night, bouquet of roses in hand, and announced to Hannah that I couldn't hold a candle to her. I said, Every time the human beam of sunlight I was privileged enough to call my wife and I stood next to each other, I looked so ugly by comparison onlookers wondered whether my parents might have been related. Hannah gave me a long, hard stare before pulling back the bedsheets. What was I meant to do? <laughs> Wait for a damn smoke signal? I hopped straight in, desperate to believe we'd close the book on that ugly chapter of our marriage. When I woke up, my hands and feet were bound to the bedpost by metal cuffs. My dearly beloved sat on top of me wearing a face mask, her hips straddling my chest. In her gloved hand, there was a glass container filled with clear liquid. Hannah said, I've been mulling over what you said, and you were right before we are equal. As she unscrewed the lid and a pungent aroma seeping out singed my nostril hairs. But that got me thinking. If I'm not the pretty one, what exactly do I bring to this marriage? Nothing. That's what. So I'm going to knock you down a few pegs, you know, to even things out. The container dangled directly above my skull slowly tipping forward, inch by terrible inch. Along the side, there was a yellow and black illustration of a beaker spilling over a bare hand and eating away at flesh. Oh, damn. Now, a stammering mess, I choked out a feeble, Hannah, please. The last thing I saw was her big, bright smile. A smile that made so many men melt like butter in a hot pan. Then scalding liquid doused my eyes, and an invisible battalion of hungry ants sunk their mandibles into my skin. From there, there are only vague echoes of me clawing my way across the room, a scream issuing from my bubbling lips, an eye jelly oozing onto the carpet. Either I broke free from my restraints or Hannah released me. The world appeared as blobs of swirling color, and the front of my nightshirt kept growing hotter by the second. As I ripped it off over my skull, there was a flash of bright light accompanied by laughter. It occurred to me that Hannah was probably watching this with great amusement, delighted by her husband's disfigurement. What I didn't realize at the time was that she also snapped photos to WhatsApp to her closest friends. In the morning, they'd wake up, open pictures of me wrestling my shirt over my head accompanied by the caption, My ugly man's got that beach bod, and chuckle at what they believed was my disgusting Halloween mask. Disoriented, still burning, I screamed for help through liquefying lips again and again. There came no response. My phone wasn't charging on the bedside cabinet. I fumbled around on my hands and knees past the carpeted hall, finally uncovering a cold, tiled floor. The 
bathroom. Guided by muscle memory, I worked my way over to the bathtub. My hands spider-walking up the side with help from the towel rack, I dragged myself into a standing position. The controls for the shower sat at chest height. Still blind, with the inferno raging on my face growing worse with each passing second, I mashed buttons until a blast of perfect icy water hit me in the face, providing momentary relief from the pain. It wasn't long before the shower head got yanked from its holster. The jet pelted me in the stomach, moving across my torso and around the sides of my thighs. As it turned out, Hannah decided to record an insta-story. Water fight with the hideous hubby. Love how we're still so goofy after all these years. I tumbled over the side of the tub, my ribs thudding against the floor. A short time later, I found myself in the outer hall, and as my hand groped for floor, it found only a handful of air, and I went toppling down the stairs. Bruised, I found myself trapped in that maze of a house. This wasn't working. My only chance of summoning help was with Hannah's phone, but how to get it from her? With a series of stiff shoves, my darling wife wrestled me onto the armchair in the lounge, her delicate voice barely audible through the agony-filled haze. She eased herself into a seat across my lap, one arm draped across the back of my neck. She was taking a selfie. She was actually taking a selfie. She really had lost it. The second I saw a flashing light, I sprung into action. Later, I was told in the action shot captured by the phone, my face had the consistency of strawberry jelly, and where our cheeks touched, melted skin stretched out like the warm cheese on a piece of garlic bread. Still blind, I lashed out, swiping at Hannah's chest and arms. The phone went spinning out of her hand, and she tried to run, but I caught off her escape, knowing if she slipped away, I'd be left there to rot. With every ounce of strength in my body, I rained down blows, hearing bones crunch and teeth shatter. My better half fought back, swiping at me, tearing away chunks of flesh so large medics would later tell me huge portions of bone shone through. Hannah collapsed onto the floor, groaning. And just from running my fingers across her crumpled features, I could tell she didn't have that more breathtaking than the first day of summer smile anymore. And most of the polish had been wiped off those well-defined cheekbones. From there, my survival became a game of Marco Polo with the phone which had taken shelter beneath the sofa. In the center of the screen sat a blurry green box. I tapped it, and then a concerned voice spoke back at me. I screamed. I screamed until the police officers kicked open the front door, then I lay in the back of an ambulance speeding toward the hospital. The sirens loud in my ears, a paramedic promising everything would be okay that they'd save my vision. Twelve weeks I spent in recovery, my face encased with bandages. The authorities took Hannah off for her own quick pit stop in the emergency room before carting her off to jail where she's currently awaiting trial. From what I hear, the other inmates have taken to calling her the Elephant Woman.
Tiny Terrors is an anthology horror podcast produced by Pulp Audio and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. This episode was directed by Cole Weavers, with sound production and editing by Mike Lebeau. To find additional information or to join our Patreon for additional content and ad-free episodes, visit our website, www.tinyterrorspod.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Tiny Terrors Pod. Or join the Pulp Audio Discord by clicking the link in the description below. Rate and review us on Spotify and Apple. And finally, thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.